Hey everyone, you're listening to Where We Fit, a podcast that shines a light on the unique paths and voices in the marketing and communications industry, uh, brought to you by the CCNY AAF student chapter. I'm Eggy. I'm an ad PR senior with a focus on account management and some interest in creative. And I'm Monique Karchi. I am a ad and PR student and a video and film production student. And tonight we are sitting with Natalie Carey, CCNY alumni, MAPE mentor, and senior director of marketing at Potential Energy. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. So excited to be here with you all. Awesome. We're super excited to have you. Um, Before this meeting, we met and honestly, you left a great impression on me. I was so excited to get into this actual conversation. Um, And we want to kick this off uh, by getting our teeth, digging our teeth right into your story. I want to hear how you created space for yourself in the industry and then how you grew within the communications industry. Yeah, absolutely. So it started at CCNY. Right. So the first thing is making sure that you make a name for yourself as it relates to your professors, your your cohorts in the classroom and and starting to feel that comfort um, in how you communicate overall. And I think that CCNY has done a great job in making sure that we as a people, whether it's New Yorkers, people of color, people from different backgrounds, feel comfortable in the skin that we're in. And that's something that I took straight through my internships all the way into my career from the beginning and to where I am right now. So when it comes to making space for yourself, the biggest thing that you can understand is that there's only one you and you're in the skin that you're in and the space that you are. So something that you said, Eggy, when we met was about blooming. And I, I really thought about that term a lot of blooming and something that my mom always used to say to me, which sounds super generic, but it's like bloom where you're planted, right? And then with that, whenever I felt down, or uncomfortable, she would say, all flowers need rain. So I think, you know, when you take that approach to everything that you do, you'll find that the space is already there. You don't need to make it. You just have to fill it. So the phrase was bloom where you're planted. So bloom where you're planted. And so when we were speaking and you said, you know, we want this to bloom, I thought about that. And when so you want me to go back to what I said? Um, no, no, no. I was I was actually trying to clear it up because I missed the full phrase. But the phrase is bloom where you're planted. And it's really just about like growing within the space that you're yeah, in. Growing wherever you are. And like if you look at nature in general, like things grow from the concrete. So nothing's going to stop you if you don't let it. So it's about blooming where you're planted. And as a supplement to that, something my mom used to say when I felt down or uncomfortable, it was, you know, all flowers need rain. So you can't look at those circumstances as something that's going to stop you. You look at as look at it as motivation. And the biggest thing to answer the question more directly around, you know, how do you make space? It's about realizing that you are already there. The space is there. You just have to fill it and fill it with who you are and be super comfortable in that. That's actually like really that, that I don't know why that really like resonates with me personally. I think um, with my personal circumstances, uh, there was a lot of limits of how far I could go um, as a woman, as a first generation American, as a queer woman. And um, that when I was hearing that and listening to you like explain it, I was like, that's that's piece of advice I'm going to take with me from now on, because I think. I always tried to move towards that direction of where I thought success was. And now through your advice, I'm listening that 
I can make success right where I'm at and still like be entirely myself without having to expand into something that isn't entirely who I am. So that's, I loved that. Um, you know, how did you, Natalie, make room or find space like for where you fit in this industry? Yeah. Especially I as a woman. Yeah, and I, and I would co-sign what you said, being a woman, being a woman of color, being Latina, being Afro-Latina, being first generation, so many things, right? You, you feel like you check all the boxes. Um, yeah. And what I came to find is when you entered into the room, you were already in the room. When you sat at a table, you were already sitting at that table. So this idea of making space, and I, I go back to what I said earlier, is recognize that you are in the space already and the more that you fill it with your opinions, with your diversity of thought, not just what you look like, right? Um, and overcoming those circumstances that really come from what has been coined as imposter syndrome in many ways. Um, when you get through that, and the way you get through that is understanding that you're, you're feeling discomfort or feeling like you have to make space is not really something that you should own or put on your shoulders. It's something that society has done to us to make us feel like we don't belong. And so something that Shonda Rhimes had said a while back is that so many people in our situations, as I look at you know, who's on screen here, it's we're the first, we're the only, we're different, but that's to our benefit. And so it's recognizing that we're in the room, we're sitting at the table, we're in the space already. And the more you feel comfortable, the more you'll be able to quote unquote, make space for yourself because people will start welcoming you into those conversations and asking you to join those rooms and hopefully be the person in the front leading those conversations because what you bring is different and that should be intentional in the way that you act and move. Speaking about that feeling of belonging and feeling like you deserve to be in the room and avoiding imposter syndrome, one thing that, that kind of worries me is that coming from CCNY and it not being one of the namesake schools that you can find out there when you join these internships and all of these things, you know, how do you have any advice on how you get over the intimidation factor when the intern sitting next to you is from Harvard and you're coming from CCNY? Yeah, for sure. And it, I know there's a joke. I don't know if it still uh, circulates the walls over there, but they used to say we are the Harvard of Harlem, right? And so um, the way, and I and I went through that situation, I interned, um, my first internship at CCNY was at Conan Wolf, and then I quickly pivoted to advertising and went across the street at the time. They literally sat across from each other on Madison Avenue, and I sat next to someone who went to Harvard and someone who went to Princeton, and here I was someone from CCNY and it took a lot because they would have all of these conversations um, and I would be like, what are they talking about? They're like talking about lacrosse and these things that are just not familiar to me, real talk. Yeah, um, like where does I, your family summer? Yeah, my, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> New York. <laughs> so we, we went to Tibbetts and went swimming, like that's where we summered. Um, but. I think the, the first thing that I had to do was overcome that, like, one, recognize you're getting a solid education. What you're being taught is no different than what anyone else is being taught. They may have different connections. They may have gotten there in a different way. But again, you are there. So what are you going to do in that situation, right? You're going to sit in it. 
you're going to thrive in it and you're going to make sure that your name is known. At least that is what was taught to me when I went to CCNY. And so when you realize, especially in the fields of communications and advertising and PR and even in film, right, Monique, it, it really doesn't matter because what you learn in the textbook has nothing really to do with what you're doing in an internship or in an entry level position. So once you realize that it's about what you're doing right now and not where you come from, I think you're able to overcome that. And again, I can't speak enough about the quality of education that I did receive at CCNY, especially from a practical knowledge standpoint that set me up for success. And I'm sure and I hope that that's something that you all are experiencing as well. So in short, it's like, care less about what's on the side of you and care more about the moves that you're making while you're there. Because what you offer, that swag, that New York flavor, that, that you know, that inside look into what today's consumer looks like, like, let's be, let's be real, we are now the majority minority, right? You, you have it. And um, you also have less debt. So, <laughs> that's, that, that's incredibly comforting. Right? Yeah, that's incredibly comforting. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You went to Harvard, but I have no debt, so. I have no debt, and we're still sitting <laughs> at the same table. We are both in the same position. Um, I'm also the one who got the job, just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about getting the job, um, the one thing that immediately jumps out at me when, you know, we went over your bio, your bio and looking at your credentials uh, is the fact that you came in at account management you know, yep. which we can consider entry level and you pretty much scale the entire building, right? So you're senior leadership now. Can you tell us a little bit about that scale and the skill sets that facilitated you scaling the building? Yeah, absolutely. So I started at the bottom. Now I'm here. I just had to say that. <laughs> um, no, but in, in reality, I started my career as an intern, built a name for myself, as I mentioned, got the job at Young and Rubicam, now known as VLM YNR, um, and became an assistant account executive. And what I tried to do is, you know, take the moments that I had and the same way that our parents teach us, so many of us, I believe, our first generation and we see our parents working hard, but with a sense of pride. And I think that's super important. So as an assistant account executive, for example, you know, I was the runner and please expect to be the runner when you go into any job at the bottom. Um, but I was the person that was called to bring um, materials to brainstorms and different meetings. And when I was asked to bring those big old post-it boards, which I still don't know what they're called. They're just huge post-its to me. <laughs> um, but whenever I was asked to bring those materials in, I always said, you know what, let me bring highlighters, some extra pencils, some notepads. And I almost came with like a kit at all times because when you're in those meetings, those are the materials that are being used. So why not come with different colors and extra materials? And so what would happen is I became known as the person who thought ahead. So something as small as bringing the extra markers and extra highlighters and notebooks became the thing that brought me into these meetings. Because once they bring you in, it's like, well, you might as well just sit down. And then what I received from those experiences was being able to be in the room and to hear how leadership spoke, how they presented, how they um, made sure to, to upsell a client on something or to push back in a way that a client would turn around and say thank you to them for. So as a junior person in an industry, being exposed to 
people at the SVP, VP, and even C-suite level early on really helped craft the way that I communicated because I was able to see firsthand how it was delivered. So in every moment, I say, take advantage of the opportunity and see how you can start surrounding yourselves with the people that you want to become. Um, as I moved then from, let's say, that assistant or account executive level into a supervisor and director level, what came became really key to me was what did I want when I was entry level? I wanted someone who would teach me and I didn't want someone who just always dictated or directed. I wanted someone who would take the time to say, look, you have not done this before. Let me walk you through it. And then that will be the measure of success that I, that I take when I'm reviewing you at the end of the year or that quarter. So I became someone who really led through example. And because of that, the junior team looked at me as someone who was approachable, likable, um, someone that they could learn from. And as part of your job, once you have even that one person underneath you, while you should have a bunch of skill sets, part of your job is retaining talent, bringing talent in and making sure that your staff is really happy to be there because the happier you are, the better you work, the more willing you are to stay a little later or work a little harder. And you're doing it with the intent of growing the company. So staying on track with what the, the mission is of any company that you go into, right? Cause you gotta grow business in order to make bread. So with that, it's I took that same type of way of being and brought that into every position that I was in. So no matter what my job or skill set was, I ensured that I was able to show the extra bit and to put in a little bit of extra shine into what I did. So I remained memorable within the industry and within the fields. And then with that, you continue to grow strategically. And then um, once I hit a point where I was leading a department, I left New York. I'm not in New York anymore. I'm in Florida now, but Aww. I know it's been two years, but I left New York at what would be considered a, a, a a top highlight of my career. I was VP of client services at a leading agency called VaynerMedia. I worked directly under Gary Vaynerchuk and that C-suite team. Um, and I moved here for personal reasons. And then I was, I reached a point though, where I was able to say, what do I want to do? How do I want to use my resources, my time? How do I want to ensure that I have a family life in addition to a professional one? And I was able to make sure that my name was strong enough that when I decided to break from the ad industry, I was able to pivot into the marketing industry and end up now on the client side as senior director of marketing. That's amazing. Like listening to what you um, were talking about, I, that was something that I don't, I don't think we really get to learn that in, in education in even in, until you enter the real world, like that extra measure, because you can go to class and you can learn all of like the strategic formulas that they teach you and everything that you need to know to do the job right. But that extra measure of your personality and working with others, they don't really like teach you that to the fullest extent. And I know that speaking from personal experience as a, as a woman that had like some type of authority over someone being under me um, there, I didn't know how to like, you know, run a team. And without that type of knowledge, my team essentially like was not executed in the way that it should be. So what, you know, with all of your success in, in, in your career path, would your younger self like expect you to be where you are today? Well, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> that's right. That's what I've been working. Right. Towards. Um, I would say, 
you know, when I was much younger, probably not. I don't think, you know, let's, you know, if I'm being real with myself, communications was not something that I, you know, looked at as a professional career or something that I thought I would fall into, right? Because everyone around me was, um, my mom was a social worker, my dad was a teacher, um, similar when it came to my aunts, my uncles, my my cousins, like everybody kind of worked in a, in a service industry or a caring industry, but no one worked in marketing. So, you know, jumping into this was broke my mother's heart because I thought I was going to become like a bio professor, but <laughs> that's how I landed at CCNY. But um, I think, you know, once I got into it, I knew that this is what I set my path forward to, or my, what I set my path to do. So I wanted to make sure I delivered against that, but I didn't want to lose sight of who I was. But to answer what you're saying more directly, like what I have imagined, um, yeah, because why not? I think my mom instilled a great sense of confidence in me. Um, I'm thankful to have had, and I hope you all do too, you know, a set of mentors that encouraged me along the way. Um, one piece of advice I would give unsolicited is like, find your person at whatever company that you're in, someone that you feel like you can vent with, someone that you feel like you can get straight talk advice from, um, cause that will help you move forward and feel a sense of comfort in, in who you are and what you want. Um, so I know it's a cop out, but I'm going to say, yeah, I am where I, where I plan to be because I planned it, <laughs> but also because I didn't let the naysayers get in the way. Yeah. Naysayers are for the birds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we have a lot of points where we're, we're very similar, right? And by we, I mean you and the rest of the students in the club and the rest of the students in the program. You're a fellow New York New Yorker. Sorry, let me run that back. You are a fellow New Yorker. You are a CCNY alum. So you have some pretty good insight into who we are and, and, and just the diversity of our student body. With all of those things in mind, where do you see us fitting and making room for us in the communications industry? Oh, first off, we need you. <laughs> there's, it's not a secret that there's a lack of diversity um, within our industry, and there has been for a really long time. I think, especially where we are from a political environment, um, which bleeds into our industry very much so, um, people are looking for you. So take advantage of that. Um, and I think that where you fit is by coming in and being unapologetically yourself right? Because one, I'm going to give you the, the professional advice of like, you know, yes, this is a COVID environment. It is tough. Get the job, but make a name for yourself and don't lose focus of what you want um, within that position. But while you are there, please do not try to become like the rest or, or mimic something that you believe will be successful because by doing that, you're not going to be happy on your own terms and people are gonna call BS on you, whether in your face or in private. So I think where you fit is by bringing that New York swag, bringing that, what we have, um, and I say we as a community, as those at CCNY, what we have is not only the practical knowledge and the skill set that we're taught, but we have common sense right? We know how to hustle. We know how to, to we're likable people. I'm going to make the assumption that everyone listening is a likable person. <laughs> um, and we, we value family, we value friendship, and we, we have things that 
that have been coined now as terms and skill sets and soft skills that are needed to succeed, right? Empathy, relationship building, um, a pride in one's work, a hustle mentality, right? Hustle mentality is now an entrepreneurial spirit. Like that's that's in our blood. That's who we are as people. So I would say that where you fit is right in whatever position you want to be in and to be fully confident in the fact that they need you more than you need them right now. Right. So know that there is a place for you that you are wanted within this industry. And if you continue to be as confident as I hope that you are, when you leave CCNY, you will grow and grow with like a weed. You know what I mean? Like you'll grow so quick that you'll be like, what is happening? Because um, there is a necessity for us to change this industry. And we are the consumer that people are going after right now. So you just being you, you have a place. Damn, that's good to know. Cause it's always so hard to forget to be you. Um, when, when, you're, when, you're trying to, <laughs> when you're trying to fit into a new industry or a new job or just being the new person there, it's, it's always so difficult to remember to be yourself. Please be yourself. And like, look, back in the day, and there's so many comedy sketches and, and the unwritten rules that we've been taught, right, by our families unknowingly, and I'm sure with good intent, but don't switch up. Don't don't change your voice. Don't change the way you walk. Obviously be professional, but don't switch up. It's not needed. It's not necessary. There's a, there's a ton of people like that already. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's very hard to not put on my professional voice. As soon as I feel like I'm entering a space that I've never been in before, there's Mm -hmm. always this feeling of like, no, I need to change up my voice. I need to change up my slang. I need to make sure that I fill out my sentences completely and do all of these things. Um, So it's great to hear that that kind of diversity is welcomed and it's actually one, a fundamental building block. Um, what I want to do now, just because we're running up on time, is we did get some questions submitted to us from sure. other people in the program and others and other people in the student body. Um, we're going to go to the very first question, and this is from the crowd, and is, do you recommend when you're entering the industry to jump from job to job as you gain experience or to settle in at a single job and gain your experience that way? Mm-hmm. It's a good question, right? So I think our industry is known for jumping because that's how you get the title or get the dollar that you're looking for. And what I would say is you'll catch up at one point or another. So if you're in a position where they're constantly giving you growth opportunity, um, you're working on brands that you love, the money is right because that is something that should drive you to an extent, right? And when I say the money is right, I mean, not out of greed, but like I'm being paid what my value is, um, then stay there because what's wrong with that? Um, Because there's still growth opportunity and there's still opportunity for you to move up. At the same time, when something gets stale, when you start to feel like, okay, this was a, this was a bump, but you know, your counterparts are maybe getting paid more, or you, you feel like you've become the person that people are just comfortable with and not wanting to lose versus someone that they feel like actually is bringing value to a brand or to the organization, then it's time to jump. That's a long winded answer. Um, but I do think it's important to say out loud in real terms, I don't think it's appropriate to leave a company every eight months or every year even, um, because it shows that you're unsteady and you're making moves in a way that are one-sided. Um, and I think 
at the start of your career, I do recommend staying a bit longer to build a base. Um, I would say that once you hit those moments of opportunity that you do become stale, it's harder to jump from an account executive to a supervisor. Same thing from that supervisor role to director. And then when you start getting those letters in front of your name, like VP, SVP, um, you should be sitting in positions for a bit longer and building out your personal skills, your um, management skills, and those types of things. But um, on an appropriate level for people who are still in school and jumping into their first position, after you're somewhere for like a year to 18 months, it's fine to move because that move from assistant account executive or coordinator, if that's still something that is um, within the industry, you're allowed to jump into that next position a bit quicker. And you should feel comfortable doing that. So some of the questions that the students had asked was, what was your favorite class in the ad PR program? And which class do you think contributed the most to your career now? So even though um, the majority, if not all of my career uh, has been in advertising from a professional standpoint, I would say a lot of my PR classes with uh, Professor Lynn Applebaum, those really helped in building out my communication skills, checked me a great deal when it came to my writing um, and how I formulated my thoughts and sentences. Uh, but I would say that building out your writing skills and how you communicate and how you find comfort in front of the classroom and eventually on a stage, right? That's a goal. Um, who doesn't want to do a TED talk, you know? Uh, but I would say that the PR side of things really benefited me because I was in account management. And while to your point earlier, Monique, of learning the strategic skills, it was really learning how do I feel comfortable delivering my thoughts um, that became critical throughout the course of my career. And I would say that a lot of the PR um, classes benefited me in that way. So I'm happy that that's still like a, a dual major, right? For y'all, PR and comms. So good, good. Yeah, it is It is still a dual major and Applebaum is still a cornerstone of the program. I think, that <laughs> I think that everyone that runs through her class understands exactly what you're talking about. Um, the the last question, what's up? Sorry, Eggie. I would say, though, all those textbooks that you get from like the um, from the ad side of things, keep them. Oh, really? OK, that's good to know. Because, because you will be asked to build a marketing plan and a campaign plan one day. And not everyone has something to, to model from. And those books and those steps actually end up being quite helpful. Oh, my good. That Oh, my good. That is so, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is so much better than selling them for 36 cents. Sell some of them. Sell some <laughs> of them. But keep, keep, the, keep the ones that speak to, like, marketing as a whole. Okay. Um, the last question that we had from, from our audience was, and, and this is funny because we, you've touched on this a little bit. The, the program is focused on PR and the, fun, and the fundamentals of advertising from an account management perspective. One thing that we don't focus on a lot is the creative side. Um, so do you have any resources or advice for those of us that are seeking creative um, as mm -hmm. a, in the advertising industry? So I'm going to be really real. If you have your heart set on being the person who executes the creative work, so you're, the title you're looking for is a creative director, a copywriter, an art director, a comp artist, you're probably in the wrong program. 
just because you would end up graduating and then have to supplement that by going to a portfolio school or an ad school. That said, I know personally of people who went to CCNY and came out with portfolio books, but they did a lot of work on their own. They were self-taught when it came to the Adobe suite, right? They were, um, they found someone outside of the department to do the graphic design while they focused on the copy and built portfolios in that way. So um, I would recommend if you're already in a junior or senior year, don't abandon it because nothing's better. I tell you, I kid you not, as someone who comes from account management, there's nothing better than a creative that gets account management. So know that that is a skill within itself. However, if you know that you want to have a position in which they will ask you for a portfolio, unless things have changed, I don't think that's part of what you take away from CCNY, at least within this um, within this major. So um, really take thought in knowing that you'll need to do more outside of that. In terms of um, programs or things that you can do or, or um, resources outside, I would say, you know, learn the Adobe suite, go to the library, talk to people during your internships, speak to people in the creative department, have them mentor you in some way, shape or form, take advantage of the resources that are provided to you um, while you're interning in different places. Now, I do want to just break that out a little bit because I myself, when I interned and even in the entry level of my career, every time I hit a different phase of a campaign process, I swore I wanted to do that, right? So I would go through and I would, like strategy. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can see myself doing that. That's what like account people end up doing anyway. Then we got into the creative and I was like, I love this. Maybe I should be a copywriter because I knew I did not want to be the person executing someone else's ideas. I knew I didn't want to be the person like editing and Photoshopping. And then as we moved into production, I was like, I love production. I should be a producer. And then once I got through that campaign cycle, I was like, actually, I am the perfect account person because I really enjoy every step of this process. And I still had an involvement in every step of that process. So I enjoy being an account person and I enjoy working in a creative field doesn't necessarily mean I have to be the creative person or the person who's executing. Um, so I do want to say that out loud because all of us love creative. That's why we're in, or we were, um, you know, a major of comms and ad and PR at CCNY. But really, you know, take time to think like, do you want to spend your day looking at a screen and literally getting a brief and delivering on that? Because if you just like the creative because it's a creative outlet, then let it be a creative outlet and enjoy it on the side. You don't have to make that your bread and butter because once it's your bread and butter, is it so fun? Maybe, maybe not. Um, so, so think through that. That said, um, I would say learn the Adobe suite if that's something you're interested in. Photoshop, um, Adobe Illustrator are both you know programs that are well and alive today. Canva is a great program, believe it or not, if you wanted to do a side hustle and just learn, you know, push things out for a local business. Many professionals I know still use Canva right now. Um, and I would say just, uh, I guess you got to learn up on your own, get on Reddit, look at the blogs, see what <laughs> see what's out there and see what the latest is, but, but take time and realize that you will have to build a portfolio to enter into the creative fields. Great. So it's like the program is not creative focused, but if you are in the program, all hope is not lost because learning oh. the account management side will be crucial. 
will be crucial. <laughs> so please keep in mind, it could be the thing that opens the door to get into an agency. And once you're there, so many, so many agencies still today offer tuition reimbursement. So if you find yourself in account management and end up being well liked and find, you know, I remember when I was at um, YNR, I got really close with a, a guy named Cliff Skeet. He was a, a pretty senior creative director at YNR. He's, I don't think he's there anymore. And I remember him being like, if you really want to do this, if you really want to do this, he was like, I'm happy to take a look. I'll help you with your portfolio. And YNR was ready to, if you wanted to go back to school for something, they would reimburse that. But just know that you still have to put the work in. Yep. Um, so before we wrap, I just want to go over a couple of the gems that you dropped on us today. And I'm going to run them by you to make sure I didn't miss any of the gems you dropped. Number one is there is only one you. So be yourself. Yes. Number two, grow in the soil you're planted in. And when things don't pan out, just remember that flowers need rain to grow. Uh, number three, very practical. Bring the extra markers. Be the person <laughs> that goes the extra mile. Love that. Number four, surround yourself with the people that you want to become, uh, which ties into number five, which is when you get in the building, find your person. Find the person that's going to give you the straight talk and is going to guide you towards the directions you want to go in. Does that kind of summarize all the gems you dropped? I mean, there's a couple I missed, I'm sure. But no, those... I'm sure. I Look, the fact that I don't know how you took notes while we were talking. That's though. what I was <laughs> thinking. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like you hit it all. But that's exactly you say CCNY. <laughs> Only in CCNY. Only in CCNY can he do all things and run and run the podcast. So, <laughs> um, no, I think you hit it perfectly, and I, I do hope that it provides value and and gives somebody the oomph that was needed to, to move forward. Y'all are going to be just fine. Please know y'all are going to be just fine. And if you need help, please reach out to me. Um, I don't know if you're going to put like a thing on the bottom. I don't know how yes. you Yes. No, we'll, we'll uh, source you because trust me, we all need mentors. And when they look and sound like us and give us the space to be us, it's all that much better. So I'm sure that you will be getting a lot of email subjects that say, hey, let's have some virtual coffee. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> happy to do that. Virtual coffee? Like, I mean, that's when you do a Zoom and I have my mug. And I you thought you meant like mug. the mug was virtual. <laughs> <So confused>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Natalie, your advice and your ideology really spoke to me personally as a woman in this industry, especially um, with imposter syndrome and, you know, um, that extra mile and you know as a creative especially in this industry I was a creative first going into the industry I can speak on your advice that yes having these creative skills has helped me in this position in this field so much and I hope that all of our listeners are taking that to heart when yes take up on those skills thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your opinions and your ideologies with us again um, this has been Natalie Carey, and this is Where We Fit Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Good night. Thank you, Natalie. Bye. Good night. See you. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in with Where We Fit, a podcast celebrating the unique paths and voices of the marketing and communications industry. Brought to you by the CCNY AAF Student Chapter. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram accounts for all the latest updates at Where We Fit Pod and at AAF City College. We'll see you in the next episode. 